0: Welcome to Interchain FM where we dive into the frontier of the blockchain space. We're now in the third generation of blockchain tech where a burgeoning multi-chain ecosystem is about to explode into what we call the decentralized web. Where Ethereum is to the mainframe computing era of the internet, Cosmos is to the PC era. If you're seeking alpha in the Cosmos ecosystem, look no further. This is the destination for your exponential learning experience. Interchain FM is where you can get the download on all of the high signal projects, building bridges to one another, and how you can participate in the future of the internet. Today, we are here with Wormhole Gateway. So, uh, we're here with Nikhil Suri, the product lead at Wormhole, as well as Robinson Berkey, the head of strategy at Wormhole Foundation. Why don't we start with your backgrounds? Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks.
2: Yeah. Nicole, go ahead. Start us off. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. Super excited to be here. Uh, super excited about Whirlpool Gateway and entering the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, quick background on me. I've been working on Whirlpool for um, about a year now. Um, originally was before I joined the foundation was working at job Crypto um, and been involved in crypto for. Uh, on and off for several years, I got involved originally in college with some interop projects that were um, that I was pretty excited about. Uh, and then post-college, went to big tech for a couple of years and now back in it, which I'm pretty excited about.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. And um, for myself, I've been in kind of the, I guess, go-to-market startup space for about a decade or so. Um, joined and helped scale a number of startups that didn't work until ultimately I found one that did uh, with, with a company called DoorDash. I um, was there for a while. Uh, at the same time I was there in about 2017, I got into mining Ethereum um, when that was still a thing. Uh, and that kind of was my entryway into wanting to know more, learn more about uh, this space. We all spend a lot of time in crypto. Um, and so after that, um, I ended up joining the Polkadot ecosystem, so another app chain ecosystem, uh, to help uh, scale a, an app chain called Akala, which was a DeFi-specific chain, um, and worked with Wormhole on the Akala integration, or actually one of the chains within the Wormhole network that Wormhole connected to. Um, and after I left Akala, um, you know, wanted to continue to stay in the interoperability space and and uh, came on board with the team.
0: Awesome. I'm just gonna get right into it. If you're here, if, if you are jump, how does one recover from a three hundred and twenty-five million dollar bridge hack aside from bank? Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, we're 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 gonna start off with hard questions. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yep,
0: <laughs> rip the band-aid off.
1: <laughs> yes, there's a secret that um, there was a hack. I think there's the bridging space has been notorious for them. Um, for the, for the past few years, they're, they're pretty, uh, popular attack vector, but, um, we wormhole, uh, is fortunate enough to have a core contributor, um, job crypto that, um, Django's point did, did plug the hole the next day. And I think that speaks volumes, at least from the perspective of making users whole, um, I think there's a lot of time in this industry where, where users are kind of the ones left holding the bag, but the actual plugging of the hole isn't as much, isn't what's important, uh, at least as important now. It's everything we've done since then to become more secure when we think about bridges and interoperability the biggest value prop you can provide is security i'd say the other two are being everywhere uh and being easy to use for developers but security has been our core focus since you know the the hack a while back and you know we'll get into some of those security features today which is why we launched warble gateway um but I oftentimes kind of give this analogy to put it in perspective. Um, we we want to build wormhole like, and if you've ever seen the movie Perry Potter, like like Voldemort, right? There's like six things you have to kill before you can actually kill Voldemort. And I think that's how we think about, you know, bridge uh, Wormhole Bridge today. And we put in a number of core security features that would, abs- that would prevent anything like what happened uh, to happen again. Um, and yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more. And I like to focus on that because I think everyone can kind of say we, we've had countless audits, which we have. Um, but what are the things, you know, we baked into the protocol to make sure users are safe using it. That's important.
0: Right. Audits, audits are, are good for giving people a feeling of security, but they're not a catch all as we clearly understand, right, because the bridge, the hacks continue to happen. Um, I'm interested in understanding what are those security measures that you alluded to. But before we get into that, help the audience understand what exactly happened with the original bridge hack. And as I understand it, it happened on the Solana side. So, um, you know, is it Okay, first of all, Nikhil, I'm interested in knowing what happened on the Solana side. And moreover, is it true that the more the more ecosystems you're connected to, um, where, you know, if one side of the ecosystem like Solana or or, you know, another chain that you're connected to is is uh hacked, you know, is it pathological for the entire wormhole network?
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um So to answer the second question first um no today because of wormhole gateway and the security features that adds it is not uh uh, existential risk for the entire wormhole network if a single chain if a single l1 like solana is hacked um and we can get into what how exactly those security features work in just a sec um but going into the solana hack the 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 problem that happened on solana was that there was a bug in the smart contract um that was deployed to solana that allowed a uh allowed an attacker to craft fake wormhole messages and get them to be verified um so as as for those who who don't know um i'm sure you know chango um the way wormhole works is it's uh it's a multi-sig bridge Um, we have 19 guardians um, who attest to all messages that are passing through wormhole Um, those 19 guardians are 19 of the biggest um, validator companies that are out there Um, run nodes on lots of different chains running nodes as their business Um, and When 13 out of 19 of those guardians, or in other words, two-thirds of the guardians sign uh, a workflow message, then that message can be be submitted to its destination chain, where it'll be verified. Uh, The signatures on that message will be verified, and then that'll determine that it's a valid message. And so the bug on Solana was um, a bug in our signature verification logic on Solana. Going back to the security features, though, um, we have a couple of security features that we've added that um, protect us against existential bridging risk. Um, The first one is what we call the accountant, um, and that is live and running today um, on Wormhole Gateway. The accountant is a ledger that keeps track of all the transactions. That are going from one chain to another chain. Um, And so, if there is an existential risk on one chain, let's say um, one chain's validator set gets hacked and uh, someone can mint infinite wormhole funds on that chain, um, the attacker won't actually be able to use wormhole to bridge out more than what's been bridged in because of the global accountant uh, enforcement. Um, So, that's the first security feature. The second security feature um, that protects us against uh, existential bridging risks or just large hacks in general is called the governor. and the governor is um, the governor limits the amount of value that can be bridged out of an ecosystem um, within a 24hour sliding window. And so obviously that limit is different for different chains depending on you know how long those chains have been around for. Uh, eth, the limit is super high because we know that eth is a very safe chain. Um, for newer chains, the limit is usually lower because they're a little bit more on they're a little more untested. Um, but the governor uh, makes sure that if there is a let's say even if there's a big hack on eth, let's say for a project on eth and someone attempts to bridge out a huge a huge value transaction from eth, the governor has a daily limit and it also has a large transaction limit. So it'll hold up any trans- any single transaction that's above the large transaction limit for review uh, by the wormhole guardians. Um, so a lot of info there, but those are two of the main security features that we've added since the hack that protect us.
0: And what is that threshold?
2: For different chains, um, it's different, again. So for the governor limits, um, I think... The daily 24-hour limit on Ethereum is something like 50 million. Robinson, correct me if I'm wrong. And the big transaction limit on Ethereum is somewhere around uh, 5 million or 10 million. Yeah, and that's all voted on. Like if you want to increase
1: the risk ceiling, let's say on the governor, that's voted on by the Guardian network, which is uh, you know the proof of authority validator network that Nikhil alluded to earlier.
2: Yeah, so it's voted on by the guardians, and if a chain lets. Typically, we launch a new chain with a pretty low governor limit, um, just because, as I said, it's it's untested. But if that chain is seeing high volume and there's a need to increase those limits, um, we start a public discussion on GitHub. The guardians weigh in. Uh, people share data on how much on the transactions that are going through, how much notional USD value is flowing through the chain, flowing in and out, and. Um, then uh, the Guardians vote on whether to raise the limits. And then we raise the limits and roll out the new release.
0: I understood. Is it true then that the original wormhole hack was constrained to only the amount of money that was bridged in from Solana and it didn't touch the other assets that Wormhole also custodied?
2: So um, because we didn't have global accountant protections, the original-
0: Oh, so 325 was the whole pot of
2: what? It wasn't the whole pot of what was in Wormhole, but the whole pot was at risk. Um, Mm -hmm. Now with the protections that we've added, the whole pot is no longer at risk. Um, only the amount that's been bridged in is at risk.
0: But uh, only the amount that's been bridged in for all of the integrated chains, or is it? Are are these pots segregated to each, like each uh, destination or source and destination?
2: Um the amount of value that's been bridged in is based off of the the tokens that have been bridged in.
0: It's not a function of if it comes from the Cosmos hub and someone's trying to transfer it to Ethereum uh that you know that's not a segregated pot from someone bridging out of Solana into Avalanche or whatever. It's more a function of each token like USDC a or- of each
2: token. Yeah.
0: I see. Okay. Okay, so right, if if someone were to hack your USDC pot, then they could, in theory, draw all of the custodied USDC that is that Wormhole has. Yeah, up up well, to the threshold. from all, right? all of. Go
2: ahead, Nicole. Sorry, I was gonna say it's not all of the all. Of, so let's say that someone bridge. Let's say that the amount just to like. Nail this down. Let's say the amount of USDC that's been bridged into um, Solana um, is uh, like uh, 500,000, and someone is able to uh, produce fake USDC on Solana via some sort of hack. Um, They would only be able to bridge out 500,000 of the fake USDC because it's limited by how much of each token has gone into Warble or has gone into Solana via Wormhole. That makes sense.
0: So how much time in units of blocks does it take Wormhole Guardians to figure out that they've just signed a message allowing the transfer of fake USDC?
2: How much time in Wormhole blocks?
0: No, in in, in number of blocks. Well, okay. On the destination chain? let okay let's just see it. let's just uh, hypothetically imagine that uh that attack has occurred and USDC has fake USDC has been minted on a on Solana and then they bridged you know 500k USDC worth out onto a destination chain let's say ethereum uh and, and then they they've like transferred it to let's say a centralized exchange or something to try to off ramp in that time so basically what I'm asking is how long does it take wormholes security measures to figure out that there's been a hack and is there yeah, any yeah. way to global accountant?
2: yeah the global accountant. Uh-huh. so the globe so basically the way that it works is the global accountant will start the global accountant runs for every transfer before the Guardians sign those transfers. So the global accountant maintains balances and runs for every single transfer, and those balances change on every single transfer. Um, so so I guess there are a couple of things I should mention here. The first thing I'd mention is uh if someone were to do what you just said, mint fake USDC and then bridge it out, they would be able. It would pass the accountant because it's under, it would pass the accountant up to the accountant's balance that is on that chain. And then after it exceeds the accountant's balance, those transfers would be blocked. Um, and
0: would there not be a red flag raised if someone tried to transfer out more than what exists based on the accountant's knowledge on a, on a source chain?
2: Yeah, so exactly, the accountant would would stop that transfer, and that transfer
0: like atomically or uh, atomically, atomically. or would they say? Oh, okay,
2: atomic. Like it would stop it in its tracks. So that transfer, the accountant checks run by the guardians independently of smart contracts on all the chains that Wormhole is connected to. The accountant checks run before guardians sign any message. So 13 guardians independently run the account checks um, before they independently sign the messages. Um, Now there's one more, now the governor also can come into play here as well, because if an attacker tries to uh, bridge out a huge amount of uh, notional value from a chain, um, even if it's within the account limits, Um, that transfer would get held up because of the governor, uh, rules. And then there's a third protection as well, which is that, um, if, if, um, let's say a project gets hacked, but they don't bridge out, um, using wormhole or any other bridges yet, um. Our, you know, we are we have a security team that's on this. You know, contributors are very sort of active and aware of like what's going on on Twitter. Like, typically, we hear about hacks of projects, um, really, really fast, and oftentimes our security team is also like pulled into the war room for a lot of these hacks to help the protocols resolve the hacks. Um, and. Sometimes, and typically attackers don't bridge out immediately after hacks. They'll like hack and then maybe 15, 10 minutes later, they might try transactions to bridge out, right? Um, The guardians can also vote to shut down the wormhole contract or wormhole functionality on a certain L1. So if guardians sign off on it, they can pass governance to shut down a wormhole contract on a certain bridge. And that also protects Wormhole from uh, any bridging risk due to hacks.
0: All right. So they have some emergency governance circumvention scheme that can happen within a matter of under 24 hours in order to uh, take these security measures? Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Gateway, which is what, you know, I believe Robinson on. Uh, unleashed at OsmoCon in Paris this right. last last summer. Uh, yeah, what does d- talk about Gateway and what is it? What is it going to support?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Nikhil just talked a lot about security features, which are is core to why we launched Gateway or gateway Gateway. Um, I think about three main things though. Is number one the most important one is the security features, and then I guess number two and three is asset routing and minting. Um, so for us, when we think about entering the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, IBC is also another, I guess you could say, message-passing protocol, similar to Wormhole. So we could, for instance, connect all these Cosmos chains with the Guardian network and then likely cause some sort of fungibility issues, make it difficult for the builders, make it difficult for users, or we could establish a hub or a router, which is gateway, and then have assets flow through there maintain fungibility and use IBC tech. Um, so Gateway is essentially our way of bringing assets from all the other ecosystems into Cosmos and, and back out. And I think a large reason for that um, is, is, again, to maintain that fungibility, make it easier for builders, make it easier for users, and also asset minting as well. Um, so I know there's a lot of asset minting chains coming up in the Cosmos ecosystem, but that functionality exists with Oracle Gateway as well.
0: How So I understand how Wormhole could enforce fundability in its own hub, but how would it do that if Wormhole is one of several bridges that another chain uses to import an asset? Okay, tangibly, let's say, you know, Osmosis, right? Osmosis has Axelar. Uh, it's going to ha- it's going to use Wormhole. You know, maybe there's noble. Maybe it uses Neutron, uh, for staked ETH assets. Then and, and Wormhole will support the same assets. How is fungibility enforced across the interchain in that sense? In in parts where Wormhole does not control, in parts where the Wormhole Guardian Network doesn't control
2: yeah yeah sure um so the way that projects often solve this and the way that um osmosis will probably solve it is via uh liquidity pools um so you know osmosis deploys transmitter pools for other assets um and basically we would pool there would be pools where um usdc from wormhole uh, this pool together with USDC from Axelar and potentially even USDC from Noble, if that's another large source of USDC. And then um, people will be able to swap within that pool and there'd be deep liquidity in that pool for the various flavors of USDC. Um, or people would be able to pull their USDC, their flavor of USDC in there. And I think for osmosis transmitter pools, it mince the synthetic. Um, that's like osmo usdc and then osmos usd osmo usdc is sort of like the canonical asset that's used on osmosis with all the other sort of um pairs for training yeah
1: yeah these these problems aren't cosmos specific either right this is a an issue that every chain has to deal with um and for instance if i'm not eth let's say i'm aptos you know eth can exist on aptos so there's Usually, some sort of flavor of bridge eat. and it it is beneficial to the builders and the users to largely get behind one. Um, and so you can either kind of choose what Nikhil mentioned, like a canonical version, and kind of push that forward as the standard, which is often a good practice. Or if you're connected to a number of different bridges, then you know your job is to be the foundation, or you know the the labs entities behind the protocol has to figure out like how you're going to solve. That liquidity fragmentation, and I think in the example Nikhil gave, you know, osmosis is solving that with these um, these pools of all these assets and minting, you know, a synthetic that is used. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways we see protocols try and solve the in, you know the fungibility issue.
0: Hey, cosmonaut! Want to survive and thrive through this bear market? The best way to do it is to stake your coins risk-free. If you hold Atom, Osmo, Canto, or Celestia's TIA, you could compound your tokens risk free by staking with Interchain FM. Your delegation supports the Cosmos radio station so we can keep bringing you the alpha year after year. Now, back to the show. Where do you think the space is headed with, with these bridges and fungibility and where it falls on the trade off spectrum with? With, you know, using one and it becomes this giant honeypot. So, so for, yeah, right? Like if, yes, it's true that if most users default to one canonical bridge, it's better for convenience and for fungibility for UX reasons. Um, but also, again, it's that bridge then becomes the honeypot. So then- yeah then we got to circle back to the question of like, okay, how secure is this thing? Um, really? You know, but, so but yeah. at the same time, it's, uh you know, jump, jump trading your money is safe with jump, right? They could go to this make you whole.
1: Well, yeah. So I think just to answer the first question, the, this, that assumes that bridge technology stays where it is today. Um, and, for Wormhole in particular, another thing that's been, you know, a huge focus for us on the security roadmap, you know, Nikhil mentioned, we hired, out, we hired an entire security team, um, they don't only focus on Wormhole, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get into where the space is going in a second, but they, they don't only focus on Wormhole, but they focus on all other ecosystems too, because Wormhole connects all its ecosystems and, you know, we want to make sure that everywhere in crypto, we can find bugs, you know, responsibly uh, turn those bugs in and, and, and create a safer environment. You know, some of those in Cosmos, for instance, um, and so with that team and a few others, we're actually working a lot on not only the security features but also the way in which we verify messages. So the today, bridges are on this kind of. There's a spectrum of trustlessness. Today, you trust these for for formal, you trust these 19, um, you know, highly reputable validator companies, but that that's like on one spectrum of of you know trust. Let's say where we're going and where we have actively, you know, done a lot of work is, and I know this is kind of a, these two letters are a bit of a buzzword, but is around like ZK verification. So today the guardians, as the kill mentioned, are testing to, you know, a message They're saying, the state on this chain equals the state of this chain. Um, and tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to say, now we have ZK verification. So we have essentially, uh, the ZK verifiers, Attesting to the state of each chain, which is much more secure um, than the current place we have today. So the one, the one thing to answer your question is that yes, I agree. In today's state, it's a difficult trade-off. Do if I'm a chain and I'm launching, do I choose three bridges? Do I choose because I want to diversify? Maybe uh, you know something happening. Do I choose one because I'm optimizing for liquidity fragmentation? I think that decision will get easier over time as bridge technology continues to mature. Um, But I think the decision today is a difficult one. And we've seen chains make different decisions. We've seen some chains choose all the bridges and they have the diversification of security in their mind, but then they have to deal with all these different assets. And then we've seen other bridges and usually non-EVM bridges, or I'm sorry, chains choose one um, because it's really important because a lot of the assets from ETH will be coming to that chain. So you're gonna have to choose some sort of canonical version from all the assets from ETH coming to the chain. So the trade-off becomes a little bit more difficult, and they usually go with liquidity fragmentation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Users also need to decide what their trust assumptions are and what they're comfortable with. So, if they want a more trusted model where I'm trusting 19 reputable guardians, then you know maybe I'm comfortable with Wormhole, right? And if I if I know I want my uh, assets to be my stolen assets to be made whole in the future, I know that, okay, the jump is behind it, so maybe I'll use this. Um, or if I prefer a more trust minimized model, I would use something like Axelar, I suppose. Um, but it, in in this current paradigm, the bridging technology still seems pretty archaic. You know, do you see a future where blockchains potentially won't need bridges? And could speak directly to one another.
1: It's hard hard to say. I think anyone who, you know, has a commitment on what crypto will look like in two years is uh, a false prophet of sorts. But uh, I also you also hear now more than ever every it's all chains and bridges, right? Let's say the world's built on it. It's still chains and bridges. These 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 um, you know execution layers need a way to communicate with the settlement layer. Um, so. I, I don't, maybe bridges change the current form, right? Like they could be all ZK verification, multi sig bridges don't exist. Um, you know, what, what the actual verification and how that's done could definitely change. But in today's state, it's hard to see a world, even if let's say we see consolidation to one ecosystem, which is, you know, probably un- unlikely, but Nicole, yep. I don't know if you want to weigh and in, way into the, to the vision of,
2: uh, yeah, I think and- I th- my, my opinion is pretty similar. I think it's all chains and bridges all the way down. Um, even if like uh, uh, a way for one chain to talk to another chain, that is bridge. You need a message passing protocol or you need a way to pass messages and verify messages from one chain to another. So I agree with Robert said, what bridges look like might change, but um, bridges still are going to be a critical component of the entire stack and also i think um you know there needs to be there needs to be a lot more standardization um in these uh ecosystems you know different vms keep popping up still Um, there still is kind of a lack of standardization that makes this native method of one chain talking to another chain very it's it's a beautiful vision, but it's very difficult to actually realize. Um, and unless there's some massive amount of standardization in the way that consensus mechanisms work, and execution layers work, and and uh, and validator sets work, and things like that, um, I think that um, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to have a world uh, without um, any bridges.
1: Yeah. And just to like quickly jump I know I answered one thing, but I want to touch on the Axelar trust minimized piece. Um I think I want to start off by saying I have nothing but respect for anyone that's building in the bridge space because it's it's hard. Um it, it is it is a very hard space to build in. Um, but I think when I think about Axelar, I don't think that they are any more trust minimized. I think you're just trusting different parties. Um and there are different trade offs um with Kind of the trust you're putting in for instance um axelar was also approved uh within the uniswap assessment which is great to to shuttle cross chain boats except there was a, a condition uh, and the condition was around core parts of the protocol are governed by a four of multisig, for instance um, and there are you know opportunities within a smaller permissionless validator set and let's say a low market cap token to for there to be a, a higher chance of an economic attack on the network right so this isn't to say that to argue i think who's more or less trust minimized it's there's different you just have to understand and unfortunately for like the common user that's that's going to be hard to do um but i think it's just different flavors of of you know how you come to consensus and and you know security or blockchains.
0: sure uh, let, let's touch on what you just said about uh, Axlar's. The, um, yeah, the the economics of, let's say Axlar bridging in a smaller market cap token of an untested chain that just launched, and its market cap is you know five hundred thousand, and then they uh, so so they basically minted all of these coins with a pre at genesis and now they're using axilar to bridge them over to um to put into a liquidity pool on osmosis and then if that chain deploy or, or or validators are malicious then they could uh they could drain that pool right so that's one attack vector from that so how is wormhole different
1: yeah, so so uh and the kill can probably articulate this uh better than i can but we have a permission set of validators so our consensus is based on um uh, proof, proof of authority um so for us there the consensus is a 13 and 19 multi-sig and that's the same for all messages throughout the entire ecosystem um and the kill can probably on more better detail and context than I
0: was. So, but is there a different process by which they whitelist a new chain to support?
2: Oh, so you're you mean what's the process for wormhole to support a new chain versus Axla or what's
0: Yeah, because there um um the attack the attack vector I'm talking about is, you know, if a bridge supports a an untested app chain with new tokens and then the and then that app chain becomes like turns out it's malicious and they use that liquidity to drain the pool of of uh on a dex so then that the attack vector the attack vector is um like the f- where it became faulty is when the bridge supported that app chain.
2: Okay, got it. So I guess what you're saying is like, so first, I guess, uh, for for general sort of wormhole connections, uh, when we support a chain, right? Like, how do you, are you asking like how we properly vet chains before we support them or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the typical process for the way that Wormhole connects to a chain is the team needs to, and the guardians, uh, need to like um, agree on expanding to a new chain um, because it makes sense for the the Wormhole network as a whole, the Wormhole ecosystem as a whole. Um, And we only reach agreement on expanding to a new chain, I guess, when we are fairly confident in that new ecosystem. Of course, it's untested, but we there needs to be some degree of confidence in that new ecosystem. And then, um, when we support that chain, we you know deploy smart contracts to that chain. We all the security features are live for that chain, and so um, um, new chain deployments come with the same security that all the existing chain deployments already have. Um, And so I guess if, uh, if there was a chain that, uh, was malicious and no value had been bridged in yet, um, but they decided to mint a whole bunch of fake tokens on their chain. Um, if they try to mint fake wormhole tokens, those transfers would get blocked by security checks like the accountant. And if they minted sort of, um, native tokens on their own chain and then tried to bridge those native tokens that they minted to other chains via wormhole. I think there would be some kind of social consensus where the crypto community, and this is the case for any bridge, uh, where regardless of whether you use wormhole, Axelar, or some other bridge, the crypto community would probably realize that this is kind of a malicious chain and, and those tokens are, are valueless. I don't know if that answers your question
0: yeah I, I think that generally applies to the yeah how how that attack vector is solved okay i'm gonna go to a question for the audience God asks about the moonbeam integration
1: yeah i can speak to that one a little bit um so the way i the analogy i would give for uh how the moonbeam integration works is actually very similar to what we've done within um cosmos with gateway so gateway is a router chain um and for Wormhole, instead of taking the approach of everyone uses our messaging and our verification, and we go into these app chaining businesses and try and replace like their core native, you know, communication layer, if you will, um, we we want to align ourselves with it. Um, so, I don't know uh, crypto uh, how familiar you are with XCM. Um, you know, there's there's largely technical differences, I'm sure, but the the general like use case and what I, you know. A user or builder would be to would try to accomplish the same, and that's communicating data between two different state machines. Um, and for us with Moonbeam in particular, we use Moonbeam the same way you, we use Gateway. Um, Moonbeam is kind of a router chain for liquidity for us. So instead of um, you know the higher infrastructure overhead of us connecting to every single chain um, because our validators deploy full nodes, um, we can connect to one. And then we can utilize Moonbeam as a router. And then once we're in the app chain, the popular ecosystem, we can utilize XCM. So you're able to compose through a series of, um, you know, relays, uh, essentially, and, you know, maybe some smart contract abstraction. You can compose, for instance, I can, if I'm a user staring at, let's say, a a swap widget or a bridge widget, I can go from, you know, ETH to parachain. And in what's happening in the background is you're going each to Moonbeam via Wormhole and then you're going Moonbeam to, I don't know, name your app chain. I think in this instance, is the one uh, via XC So that's a, kind of the TLDR. Um, maybe that wasn't a TLDR, but
2: hopefully that's helpful. All
0: right. Thanks for that. And to the big question, why is Wormhole now betting on Cosmos?
1: I mean, I think, and Nikhil can probably answer this better than I can, but it originally started with the, the Cosmos SDK and what it could provide us in terms of, like, at the core, we, the, we set out to build this chain for security features. Um, and so when we looked around, Cosmos made the most sense, but I'll let Nikhil elaborate a little bit more so as to the,
2: the wider. Yeah, yeah for sure. All well, um, right, let,
0: let me let me re- rephrase that question so, Wormhole supported Terra before it supported something like the Cosmos Hub or the wider Cosmos ecosystem in general. So, what changed?
2: Yeah, I I guess uh, I I can pick I can pick this up as well. Um, just starting, it, it it is related to us working on a Cosmos SDK chain. I think so. Starting from the starting from the beginning, the Original alpha around Gateway is that it was originally called Wormchain. And if you go into the code base and look at the Wormhole code base, you'll see references to Wormchain all over the place. Um, but uh Gateway was originally conceived as a blockchain that the Guardians could use to keep state on all the things that are happening in the Wormhole ecosystem for security features like the accountant. Um, and so Gateway is a uh, is running today. It's live it's a proof of authority chain where there are 19 validators, and those 19 validators are the 19 warm Old guardians. And as we, and we built uh, the account and as we got more and more sort of into working with cosmos and more comfortable with the cosmos ecosystem and building this cosmos chain, we started thinking about other, other features that we could add to Gateway that would be really valuable. And the first feature that we thought of adding that would be really valuable is um, what we're watching soon, which is the Warmable Gateway token bridging. Um, We were looking at the Cosmos ecosystem and we thought that one of the most valuable things we could bring to the Cosmos ecosystem is liquidity from foreign chains, from all of the chains that Wormhole is already connected to. Um, Like Cosmos is a super, super strong ecosystem technically, um, but uh, bringing liquidity can help grow the ecosystem a lot more. Um, And we could bring liquidity to the Cosmos ecosystem via Wormhole Gateway in a way that would be scalable for the Wormhole Guardians. Since they could connect via IBC to all of the chains in the Cosmos. And also in a way that would be fungible and not fragment liquidity, because liquidity tokens would enter through a uh, gateway. And then from Gateway would be routed from one Cosmos chain to another Cosmos chain. And when and all the and we could configure all of our UIs and applications so that when users want to bridge wormhole tokens from a Cosmos chain to another Cosmos chain, it gets routed back through wormhole gateway. Um, so that's kind of uh, you know the what and why like why we're building in Cosmos. And also I mean um, uh, yeah like IBC is a powerful technology to build um, IBC is what enables us to do all of this. Um, and so, building along IBC is a is a valuable thing to do.
0: I'm I'm inferring here about why it is that you guys decided to launch as your own Cosmos chain, right? You need it's is it that because of the new security measures you needed to take after the 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 first hack, the uh, the three hundred twenty five million dollar hack, that you decided that a chain to track. Uh, all this transaction activity w- was needed in order for you to become more secure. Like what? What? Ha, like how was how was Wormhole designed before there was before before Gateway?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I can. Or go ahead.
2: Yeah, sure. I can. I can start. Maybe Bronson, you can add context. But I mean, before Gateway, there was. um we didn't the guardians were just uh there was no sort of accountant security feature the guardians were reliant on um non-state storing uh security features so for example the governor guardians would track governor limits um for amounts that were bridged in and out themselves and then we would have the shutdown contracts that the guardians could um you know when they come to consensus on whether or not to shut down an ecosystem because of a, a hack that is uh, is socialized really well.
1: Yeah, and, and I think like speaking very specifically too, right, like the, the chain allows us to have a ledger to store state so the global accountant works. So one of those security features. And then it also helps us to unify the actual uh, fungibility coming into Cosmos. It's also cheaper, right, from an infrastructure perspective. So when we connect to a new chain, we run full nodes and you know that can be you know more expensive or take more time so there there's three like really core reasons um and then from a native asset issuance perspective right if i want to natively issue my asset let's say i don't know on tbtc wbtc obviously usdc is doing with noble but like what's better than an like an island let's say where you can issue your asset and then have you know the road all roads kind of lead to rome type situation so There there was a a number of reasons, but I'd say like the two initial were definitely a place to store state for security. And then instead of connecting to each chain and having this non-fungibility issue, which we talked a lot about, we have like, it's almost like a funnel. You can think about it for all fungibility.
0: Are you worried at all about the transparency that a a public ledger lends to an attacker? So they would understand that your threshold is exactly how much was the threshold for drawing out is exactly what was bridged in so they would know that number exactly and let's say they just mint fake usdc up to that threshold because they know exactly what that is and then bridge it out
1: i i'll let the kill answer but i mean most the majority of you know uh, blockchains and a lot of the code is, is public uh, werewol as well is completely open source um, so applying that logic is difficult uh, because I could say like well being completely open source or being able to see like activity on chain maybe it makes you know it easier for you know a hacker to do something
0: I believe it um, does
1: <laughs> maybe yeah yeah you're, you're exactly right um, but I also think it's important for us to to maintain to be open source, maintain transparency so people know what's happening under the hood with Wormhole. But um, Nikhil, I don't know if you want to add any context.
2: Yeah, I think I think transparency in crypto, transparency in crypto, kind of go hand in hand. I think, um, and transparency is uh, kind of what you alluded to, Django, is like it's it can be a blessing and a curse, right? Like it can be a curse because. Um, all the code is open source, right? Uh, and an attacker can see exactly what's going on. An attacker can see all the values, can see all you know the balances, um, all the limits. But it's also a blessing because um, because anyone can because it's a decentralized system. Everyone can verify the code that they're running. Everyone can verify um, the software that they're running. Everyone can independently check. Um, whether things are right or whether they are wrong. And as we see on crypto Twitter every day, people aren't just using the transparency of like crypto to hack crypto. People are using the transparency of crypto to understand how the crypto ecosystem is working and who is doing what. And people use the transparency of the crypto ecosystem to catch hacks as they are happening, which I think is really important too. Um, And so, I think transparency and crypto just go hand in hand and, and it's a blessing and a curse. And we try to leverage it as much as possible um, as a blessing.
0: Okay. Closing questions. Uh, what are you most excited to see with new Cosmos support? New Cosmos support? I mean, okay. with Gateway now supporting the interchain ecosystem, what sorts of use cases are you excited to see your users u- doing? Yeah,
2: I think all of the, you know, the biggest like wormhole use cases for token bridging for the Gateway project, that product that we're launching, bridging tokens in and out, obviously building dApps and composing dApps on top of token bridging, so building cross chain swaps. Building cross-chain borrow lend protocols, building cross-chain money market protocols, all sorts of native cross-chain DeFi applications that have to do with token bridging, I think, are really really exciting. Cross-chain wallets, all all these things. Um, and then moving beyond just like token bridging, Wormhole is a generic is a general message passing protocol, and so seeing. Uh, More use cases, more exciting use cases of just general message passing, bridging data, not just tokens. And then the other thing I'm really excited for is there's a interchain NFT standard that's being hammered out right now, and um, that'll enable us to do some to bring NFT bridging into uh, the Cosmos as well uh, via gateway, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I think Nikhil covered a lot of it, but the way I think about it is that. Number one, there's gonna be more ecosystems interested in Cosmos. For instance, Bonk uh is going to be coming to Osmosis. And when Bonk the token comes, usually you get some of the community, you know, crazy ideas, fun and apps, things like that. Um and then also Bonk,
0: is that is that the dog coin of Solana?
1: That's the dog coin of Solana, you're correct.
0: Why is it called uh, Bonk?
1: That's the sort of question for me. <laughs> um maybe you can ask them on Twitter. Uh But yeah, I mean, just Cosmos will be included in a lot of these, like what we call like cross-chain native applications. So a borrow land that, you know, maybe has assets, you know, you have your ERB OP and right next to it is, I don't know, your Neutron, Osmo, et cetera. Um, And then access to other ecosystems they haven't had before. Sui, um, Aptos, uh, Near, things like that. So, oh, and then the last thing, I'm excited to see what the next native asset that's issued and who's gonna do it on gateway. We have USDC now, we have USDT, I guess we have WBTC. What's next?
0: Anything you can share?
1: No, no, no. There's not nothing, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Um but if any if anyone's considering this is a plug, shameless plug. Okay. Uh yeah, so so is it is it um
0: are you expecting Wormhole to be a large source of native liquidity in the energy? A hundred
1: percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they think like that's that's one of our biggest um, the biggest things we're focusing on now, and why we're partnering with the Osmosis too is kind of a at least a center for IBC transfers. I think they top the charts, and you know they have pretty good liquidity. So we're focusing on working with them initially and bringing a lot of assets. Right now, we're bringing assets in from non-EVM to give Cosmos users access to assets and, you know, chains they haven't had yet. Uh, such as? And then such as Solana, such as Sui, such as Aptos, Near, um, none of those, to my knowledge, have been been able to be accessed if you're only Cosmos native, let's say. Uh, never never doing anything. There. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, asset transfer coming into the ecosystem is one of the things we're most focused on.
0: Naturally. Great. Um, We're going to close up with some housekeeping questions. Are there timelines that people should take note of about certain exciting milestones coming up?
2: Uh, Nikhil? Gateway? Gateway Token Bridging is launching very, very soon. Um, So stay on the lookout. Um, That's the biggest milestone that we have coming up. Yeah, that's a big
1: milestone. Um, well, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we're focused a lot on zk. So you'll continue to see us prioritize uh, what we call zk corridors or connections between chains that are, um, you know, attested to via zk verification. Um, so there should be a few, few of those announcements. But I think we have a large focus right now on gateway. A large focus right now on decentralizing our contributor set. So we've got five teams building Oracle now, um, and then yeah. Uh, ZK. There'll be obviously other announcements too, but those are the main ones.
0: Would your ZK verification research lend itself to bolstering the security of the chain that comes with the transparency?
1: Uh, So maybe not the chain directly, uh, and, and the Gilkey, be honest, but transfers to the chain. Yeah. So like, if we go from Ethereum to gateway, right, that's a much, much more, let's say trust minimized corridor now. Um, so anything coming into the cosmos would benefit from that.
2: Yeah. And I, I guess the only thing I would add to that is, um, if I'm understanding your question correctly, but generally I feel, you know, uh the kind of work we do and the research we do, we try to always uh, give back to the community in some way or try to improve the community as a whole in some way. Like um, the work we do in security, uh, we don't just uh, do security work for Wormhole, we do security work as Robinson mentioned for like all the connected chains and projects that Wormhole is connected to. And we found bugs in those projects. We found a lot of bugs in Cosmos and we reported those uh, responsibly disclose those to like projects that we found those bugs in same with you know ZK part of ZK is you know standardizing how you um, how you structure abstractly consensus mechanisms and I'm sure there's a lot of research that's going to be valuable to the ecosystem that comes out of that um, same with the work we've done at cosmos we've done we've learned a lot uh, using IBC pulling in cosmos modules using relayers um, building our own Cosmos chain. So there's a lot that we can give back to the Cosmos community as well after uh, Gateway has launched.
0: Okay, looking forward to the ZK research that we could use downstream, hopefully. Thanks for tuning in to Interchain FM. As always, I will read through the pages of white papers and condense only the alpha for you in a one hour long digest. Be sure to subscribe to Chango and Chain's YouTube channel to be up to date about the latest technology and never miss a live streamed episode.